Today on Mission Impact, I'm going solo. It's my 90th episode today, and I'm going to talk about strategic planning. I often go on other people's podcasts and talk about this, and instead, uh, I thought I would bring the conversation home and cover the essential aspects of the process. One of the questions I frequently get is, what are the steps in a strategic planning process? Who needs to be involved and how? And always, how can I make sure that at the end of the process, the plan doesn't end up on the shelf? So there are five steps to strategic planning, the kickoff or orientation stage, the discovery or listening tour, the exploration, decisions, planning, and action. Today, I'll also talk about what strategic planning is and is not. Mission Impact is the podcast for nonprofit leaders who want to build a better world without becoming a martyr to the cause. I'm Carol Hamilton, your podcast host and nonprofit strategy consultant. Mission Impact is brought to you by Grace Social Sector Consulting. Grace Social Sector Consulting brings you whole brain strategy consulting for nonprofits and associations. We help you move your mission forward, engage all voices, and have fun while doing it. We combine left brain strategy and analysis with right brain wisdom about human complexities for a proven whole brain, whole organization process through which every stakeholder thrives. Reach out to us for support and facilitation of strategic planning, mapping your social impact, as well as auditing your services for mission alignment. We especially love working with staffed nonprofits and associations with human-centered missions. So what are the must-haves in a, a strategic planning process for nonprofit organizations? Strategic planning is a step-by-step -step process that helps you set priorities for your organization for the medium term. Generally, this is three to five years. You gather insight from your stakeholders, identify the key themes, explore possible futures, and make decisions about where you want to focus your organization's future in the service of your mission. And as part of the process, you'll clarify your why, your what, and your how. Strategic planning is not about predicting or controlling the future. It is about creating greater alignment across your team and board volunteers and all of those who support the mission of your organization. Creating a shared understanding and agreement about where you're headed and as you're doing so at each stage, considering how equity factors into who you're including, whose voices are being heard and how decisions are being made. With a shared agreement on direction, you'll be better prepared to make informed decisions about where to focus your energy and what your priorities are. It is also not just about the document, the strategic plan itself. That is a product of the process and an important one, but it really is about the conversations that stakeholders have over the course of the process. Those conversations are what build the alignment and that shared understanding and ultimately the buy-in that can be so elusive. It would be much easier and faster, perhaps, to decide one afternoon to write your strategic plan for your organization. Efficient for sure, perhaps even satisfying for you as you are writing it. But ultimately, that plan will fall short because it only represents your vision for the organization. Nonprofit organizations are a collective effort, typically tackling some of society's biggest challenges. Getting closer to your organization's mission effectively takes everyone pulling in the same direction. 
and not working at cross purposes. It is also not just a retreat. Oftentimes, folks will reach out and ask um, whether I can come facilitate their strategic planning retreat. But without some of the preliminary steps that I'm about to talk about, that retreat may be useful for clarifying and getting ready for a strategic planning process, getting set and focusing direction for the process itself. But it doesn't have all the ingredients you need for a really comprehensive and deep strategic planning process. So one of the first steps is the kickoff and the orientation and really how you start the strategic planning project really makes all the difference. Getting clear about your goals for the project itself, who needs to be involved, the time frame you're planning for, and the strategic questions that you're grappling with as an organization will really set you up for success. In addition, orienting the organization as a whole, the system as a whole to the process will really be important. So consider holding a couple kickoff events with your stakeholders to ensure that everyone is clear about how you're approaching the strategic planning process. Often this includes sessions with staff, board, and other volunteers. And these events typically include an overview of the project and the process, Again, who will be involved, including any consultants you may have hired to support you and guide you in the process, as well as a conversation about what each person is hoping for and what they might be concerned about as you step into this new era. After the event, it's also very helpful to send a written document to everyone that outlines and reiterates the same information so that they have something to refer back to. One of the first tasks in that kickoff period is to pull together a group of staff and board that will form your strategic planning committee or task force. The job of this group, when I'm working with, with organizations, is to steward the process and advise on key decision points along the way. It's not their job to make all the decisions about the final three to five year goals that will make up the main elements of your actual plan. Relying on your strategic planning committee to make all of those decisions, again, doesn't build that buy-in that you're looking for. So who should be on that task force? It should include people empowered with the organization to make decisions. And so this typically means the executive director, the board chair, and ideally an incoming board chair as well, as well as staff and other volunteers who may be influential to your organization's future. When you're putting that group together, a smaller group will find it easier to make decisions. So that's maybe up to five people. And a larger group, maybe up to nine people, will enable you to better represent different elements of your organization and your stakeholders. But yet you may need to have a smaller group designated to have the final say on key decisions. Some of those tasks at the beginning of the process for the task force include identifying stakeholders who are vital to your organization's future, how input from them will be gathered, and what questions you'll be asking in the process. So think about who's important to shaping your organization's future. Often stakeholders include staff, board, volunteers, community partners, and allied organizations. Those your organization serves and supports, as well as funders, and it could include um, government officials and policymakers, depending on the work that you do. And when you're working with a consultant, they can help you sketch this out as well as make decisions about how the information will be gathered. Whether it's a one-on-one -on -one interview, 
focus groups or and or surveys. And deciding what mix of approaches makes sense in your organization situation is one of the key tasks for this group during the kickoff phase. Once those decisions have been made, the discovery phase or listening tour can start. Again, thinking about um, equity and power dynamics, have you really considered that as you prioritize your stakeholders? How do you plan to gather input from those stakeholders who are part of historically marginalized communities? How will you provide support to them in enabling them access to the process? Step two, discover. This step in the process, you're going to essentially be going on a listening tour. Just discover what people perceive as the organization's current state, what its strengths and challenges are, looking into its history, and then also looking into the future and what are the collective hopes and aspirations that stakeholders have. And as you think about how you engage people, especially those that you serve, how will you support them in making it possible to participate? Will you budget for stipends, uh, feeding people when they come to a focus group, transportation if that's required, childcare, all of these things if it's in person. And then if you do it virtually, um, do people have the digital and, and internet access to make that possible? Thinking through these things will really inform and keep you mindful of how to make it possible for people to fully participate. One of the benefits of working with a consultant is that they can Take on that time-intensive work of talking one-on-one -on -one with people. They'll also facilitate those focus groups and develop that survey. And when they're talking with people, the, they don't have any stake in, in what the person says. And so it may be that your stakeholders are more open uh, in sharing fully what their perspective on the organization is. In addition, consultants generally have like myself, have a bank of questions that they use as a springboard to customize to your situation. If you choose to conduct the input process yourself, be sure to or orient your volunteers to best practices and in, in conducting interviews and being clear about the process for capturing notes so that the results can be analyzed into themes. So then moving into the second step of exploring. Once you have a solid picture of where you are as an organization, your strengths and challenges, what are some of the aspirations that people have for the organization, you'll need to share these findings with your planning group so that they can make meaning of them. Now, this planning group should actually include your board and your full staff. This is the group that you would gather at a strategic planning retreat or over a series of strategic planning sessions that might happen virtually. This is not the same as the strategic planning task force, although those people will certainly be there. Another consideration at this point is how you will share the summary of input gathered from your wider stakeholders who may not be participating in, that, in those planning sessions themselves. You ask for their input, help them understand how you're going to use their information and the perspectives that they shared. Your goal in gathering input from them was not only to, to gain their insights, but also to engage them in the future of your organization. Do not undermine the trust that you've built by asking them for input, but then not closing the loop and sharing some version of the findings with them. With the foundation of what the current state of the organization is, the group 
should then also look wider and consider and identify trends impacting your organization and your field. Your organization does not exist in a vacuum. It exists in a wider ecosystem of the community you're in, the field you're in, as well as the wider society and world. What trends does a group see politically, economically, socially, environmentally, technologically? Of those trends, which ones will be most likely to have an impact on your organization furthering its mission? And with this wider perspective in mind, lead the group in a variety of exercises to help them imagine a new future for the organization. This is the part of the exploration process when you can let the imagination fly freely and think audaciously. All these possibly wild ideas and aspirations will likely not make it into the final plan, yet they help uncover new options that the group might not have considered otherwise. But then you need to shift into decisions. You now have fun and inspiring pictures of potential futures for the organization. Unfortunately, too often this is where people stop. And then they wonder why they feel overwhelmed by a quote-unquote plan that looks more like a wish list. You then need to lead the group through conversations to set priorities and make decisions about which of these options you will put into your plan and put your energy behind. You cannot do everything. This is another element of the process that is helpful, especially helpful to have support of a strategic planning consultant. As I said before, that we have no agenda about what ultimately gets decided and prioritized. Instead, we have expertise in helping groups have effective conversations about the options and actually make decisions. Consider how each decision might impact different groups and prioritize actions that promote fairness and justice and align with your values. You may have noticed that I did not start the process with a mission, mission and vision exercise. I actually recommend that the group that groups refine their mission and vision statements at the end of the strategic planning process rather than at the beginning. I find that then the organization benefits from all the conversations they've had over the course of the process and refining that statement really becomes more of a matter of confirmation. Does your current mission statement accurately reflect where the organization is going? Does your vision statement accurately describe the change that you're trying to make in the world? What needs to be updated or refined? And then we're moving into the final stage of the process. Once you've decided on three to no more than five big goals, lead the group through conversations to identify what action steps will move these goals forward build in ways to provide feedback to what's been gathered and you may need through to go through several iterations and for each action step also make sure that you define what success look like looks like how will you know that you've made progress and this wraps up the larger planning process the strategic planning task force will then take that rough draft created by the larger planning group, clean up the language and do the refi final refinement so that it is all clear and lines up. You'll check one more la one last time for shared agreement with the larger group and then moving to operationalizing your plan. 
Before that, typically your board will vote on the final version and approve it. And having been closely involved in each step of the process and providing multiple opportunities for input and feedback, this approval ideally is a straightforward process. That operationalizing the plan piece is so important. Staff need to then take the plan and decide who's going to do what by when in year one. The process of creating an annual implementation plan will include what you're focusing on in year one. They may not be everything that you're planning on. What needs to happen first? And then what are the more specific tasks that need to happen to move each of the action steps forward? In addition, you need to have a way and process agreed upon for keeping your plan fresh. How are you going to review your plan and your implementation to address changes as you move forward? The world does not stand still. New opportunities and challenges will emerge. And before you're finished with the process, agree on how you'll keep track of the plan. Look for ways for how you can integrate it into regular planning practices you already have. Can you add it as a regular item to board meetings and staff meetings? What time frame will you check on it? A month, a quarter, six months? Definitely every year. And then how will you evaluate when you need to make adjustments or updates? Get clear on a, an, on a process and agreement for keeping that plan relevant and, and front of mind before you move into implementation. You will constantly be learning and adapting. Goals that truly help an organization move forward are dynamic and require ongoing effort, reflection, and adaptation to changing circumstances and new understandings. By building buy-in through the engagement, Strategic planning is an opportunity to do a deep engagement with your stakeholders to get them excited about and shape the future of your organization. Using that five-step process where you start with an orientation, identify who your stakeholders are, go on a listening tour, open it up and explore possibilities, make some decisions, and then plan and act. And then also making sure that you have a process for keeping that plan fresh. This will bring you a strategic plan that truly will guide your organization's future. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate the time you spend with me, as well as the guests I have on for a conversation. You'll find the full transcript of today's episode, as well as any links or resources mentioned during the show in the show note at missionimpactpodcast.com show notes. I want to thank Isabel Strauss-Riggs for her support in editing and production, as well as Charday Carbonell of 100 Ninjas for her production support. I also want to offer a resource if you want to dig deeper into how to get started in strategic planning, go to my website at gracesocialsector.com and click on the strategic planning page and you'll find a link to sign up for a mini course on strategic planning that gives you a 14 days step-by-step for getting started. We want to hear from you. Take a minute to give us feedback or ask a question at missionimpactpodcast.com feedback. And until next time, thank you for everything you do to contribute and make an impact.